Yes. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. Compassion, right? Yeah. With the anticipatory, anticip- I still can't you say. still can't do it. Eh? Anticip- yeah. <laughs> anticipatory, that article we right. talked about in the last Anticipatory yeah. grief. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 64. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are talking about growth mindset. Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius once said, quote, the soul becomes dyed with the color of its thoughts, end quote. As we continue to learn about neuroscience and neurobiology, it's becoming interestingly clear that how we think plays a big part in how we live and how we perceive our circumstances in life. Having a growth mindset can positively affect our lives in many ways, from our studies to our relationships and beyond. But first, if you are a fan of the Modern Lady Podcast, we would be so grateful if you could take a few minutes to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever app you use to listen to our podcast. Your reviews and comments mean the world to us. This week's shout out goes to Kathleen Sullivan, who gave us a five-star review on iTunes and says, quote, thank you for your podcast. Your testimony and witness to love is inspiring. Thank you for sharing your lives and words of wisdom and prayers with us all. I'm sending this to my book club. God bless you and your families and all your listeners, end quote. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for your comment. We really appreciate you listening and sharing the show. And hello to Kathleen's book club too. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com. Or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. Well, Michelle, we have talked about curtsying, and in that tip, I alluded to bowing, and I figured that it's time we look into that gesture a little bit more. Bowing is most often used as a sign of respect in Asian cultures, but it also plays a prominent role in many religions, with a slight nod of the head being the most minimal form of the gesture, and genuflecting a more pronounced act. In Europe, the oldest version of the bow was called the bow and scrape, which involves a man bowing down while at the same time scraping his right foot backwards over the earth, with his right hand laid across his abdomen and his left hand and arm extended out. I kind of think like puss in boots, <laughs> you know, like when you see them put his leg back, okay. So this is a very excessive ceremony and it didn't really last long as a custom. The bow that we are most familiar with is at the very least the head nod and sometimes a bend at the torso. And this is often done when a gentleman kisses the hand of a lady. The bowing of one's head of either gender is still done in the court systems of the Commonwealth as the lawyers greet the judge with a bow and also in Parliament. It isn't uncommon today to see someone offer a slight bow in greeting, especially if one has already said hello to someone earlier in the day or can't say hi out loud at that moment. So for a future etiquette tip, though, I really want to go into more detail about what they do in Asian countries because that's a whole other topic. So I I want people to know I'm not just glossing over that because that is a whole fascinating other thing that we'll talk about in the future. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. You're right. And uh, I'll save my thoughts on that for when you when you delve into the Asian culture. But 
just as a quick note, it probably has more to do with respect than just a simple greeting. And it's something I feel like you and I are maybe more familiar with in the Catholic Church because there Mm -hmm. is a lot of those physical gestures that we still do during the Mass. And, you know, I bow my head at the holy name of Jesus. That's something we've been incorporating into our physical gestures over the last year in our house. And so Mm -hmm. it's something we still do. But I actually forget if a lot of the regular world does bow their heads regularly. Right. I'll be honest, the term growth mindset meant little more to me than a popular keyword or hashtag that I've seen floating around social media lately. But you shared, Lindsay, a chart on Facebook recently about moving through these zones of fear, learning, and then growth. And we realized that cultivating a growth mindset is exactly what this graphic was trying to illustrate, right? Yeah, so it's another one of those mm-hmm. things where we're like, haha, growth mindset, haha. And then we realize it's actually an amazing, amazing tool. That's and right. Something we should look into a little bit more. <laughs> yes. So I don't know where this graphic came from. And if somebody does know, please let us know so that we can properly attribute it. But a lot of people have shared it in the last week. So it's these um, blue circles, right, um, that grow larger. Mm-hmm. And it takes you from the fear zone, um, which is not a ride at Canada's Wonderland, um, through the learning <laughs> zone <laughs> into the growth zone and I I'm like pff, like even looking at this the first time I just brushed it off and then I read it and I'm like oh my gosh this is totally what I'm feeling yes and it obviously struck a chord with a lot of people so at first we want to kind of break down this chart mm-hmm. yeah I found it interesting and I wonder if you only really paid attention to this chart if you were at least moving out of the fear zone like, I feel like this yeah. is not a fear zone kind of a graphic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it was interesting some of the things it was listing, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And I realized that I didn't even know I was in the fear zone. And I feel like I still need to, like, express that mine wasn't really fear. And mm-hmm. maybe that is just fear uh, hidden in there. And maybe I need to look a little further. But I would call mine more of a frustration zone. But I certainly okay. was doing all of the things that were in that zone. And just so in case people don't know what we're talking about, um, some of the things in that zone were um, grabbing food, toilet paper, medications that you don't need. So that stockpiling mentality, mm-hmm. um, spreading emotions related to fear or anger. Yeah, I totally did that to everybody <laughs> I spoke with. Everybody I spoke with. I'm like, did you read these statistics? Did you see this article? Um, complaining frequently check get mad easily check forwarded all the messages I received check um yeah did all that so uh, while I wouldn't say it was out of place out of a place of fear and it I really don't think it was um I was definitely in a frustration zone Mm -hmm. yeah frustration it could be like fear not necessarily um like fear of the circumstances, but fear of what we talked about even um, with the anticipatory grief episode, right? Like this loss of control over a situation and fearing that. Um, Because I did feel like wildly out of control, very helpless, right? And so that's what I would say. Like I was afraid of being absolutely useless <laughs> yeah. in, in the face of such crisis um, all around me. Right. So, but the, the hoarding thing, I was like, wow, we as a community, like as a human race really have been moving through these zones too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. And then flour, flour is the new one, right? It's gone. I know. I can't even pursue my sourdough 
baking because I told Phil, I was like, but if you don't see flour on the shelves, like I need to, I need to start rationing this. Okay. Don't worry. Cause 99% of the rest of the population is making sourdough right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I felt like it was a very dark place. Right. And mm-hmm. you and I talked a lot during while well, we were both in that circle and we probably could like contributed to each other's dark places. But that's I, like we said before, you know what? I think that we needed to be there. And I think it was OK to lean into that a little bit and to feel what we were feeling. Um, luckily, there is a next zone you can move into. You don't you don't stay there. Um, right. So if you have a growth <laughs> mindset, you can move into the learning zone. Mm-hmm. The the learning zone, it truly is the midway, right? So there's yeah. a lot of language in the zone of like becoming and starting and identifying. Mm-hmm. So it's just this realization that where you're at is not working for you. So yeah. uh, what are some of those specific things in the learning zone then? You're right. So it's, um, it's giving up what you can't control. Um, just before that, I think like you're saying, it's really a, a a thing of self-awareness. It's moving into an area of self-awareness, right? So yeah, then if you're self-aware, you can understand what you can control and what you can't control. Um, Mm -hmm. You stop compulsively consuming what hurts from food to news. I laugh because (laughs) nailed it. (laughs) I was compulsively consuming it all, all of Mm. the food, um, you know, the alcohol, the articles, the conversations. I was just like, shoving it all into my mind and my body and my heart. And it was just not serving me well. Um, and then as you're moving away from that, you do that by also identifying your emotions. You become again, aware of the situation and you evaluate the information before you just start spreading false information. everybody. (laughs) Right. That's kind of a good thing to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then the last point I think is really important is that we recognize that everyone is trying to do their best here. Yes. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. Compassion. Right. And this kind of goes to, um, there was a quote by Viktor Frankl, um, who is a neurologist. He's a psychiatrist and a Holocaust survivor. He wrote man's search for meaning. And Mm. he said in that book, we do not have control over what happens to us. The only true freedom we have is how we react to whatever happens. Absolutely. And I thought as I was looking at the learning zone here, that was the quote that really um, sprung to my mind, right? Like when we start to give up what we can't control, um, recognizing that we're just doing our best, becoming aware and thinking before we act. Like these are all things that we do still have control over. And if we uh, take those things and apply the proper reaction to those things, that is freedom. Otherwise, we are a slave to our fear. Yeah. And -hmm. I think it makes sense on just a basic human level that we needed to take in everything in that first stage, whether I'm talking about material goods, like buying things so we could feel like we're making our family safe. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. because there's a legitimate concern right now that there might not be food right in the future or that we can't get the medicines we need. So that's a legitimate concern. So we might go overboard with it, but we needed to take in all of these things, these information, the statistics, the, um, the literally the food and, and medicine. And then we can then step back and go, okay, I I've done a little something to try to control something that we can't control. I've done something this Mm -hmm. compulsive need to act is within all of us, but then stepping back and realizing, 
okay, it's not, that's not really helping either right now. So we have those few things. That's okay. But what is the next step here? Cause we still weren't feeling settled, right? That didn't bring peace. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think that it's really in this learning zone, it's coming out of the fog. So let's say you were in a dark place and then it's like a foggy place mm-hmm. and, and just being able then to really step back and view things with a more level-headed critical eye and then really just seeing and evaluating where everybody else is at in it as well and that it's not just this animalistic instinct to protect yourself and your own like really then having a community mindset as well again right and i like what you're um talking about like the need to consume everything at first Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um that reminded me of like how we do consume the news, right? That yeah. was a that was a huge thing. Material materially, yes, with our shopping, and then yes, with the news, we read everything. Like you and I, for sure, we yeah, read we should, absolutely everything. everything. Probably yeah. things we should not have read. Yeah. Um, and that reminded me. I was listening to a talk um, with Dennis Prager. He's the founder of Prager University, and he has those like fireside chat mm-hmm. videos on YouTube. Um, in one of those things, he was talking about um, what he does. He made a decision when he was a teenager to only read the news. He doesn't watch the news. And when I I took from that, when he says the news, I think he does not mean op-eds or blogs or opinion pieces, that type of things. Um, and I loved that because that is totally a safeguard uh, against yeah. being consumed by news, right? Because yeah. once you're done reading facts, facts don't actually take 24-7 to relay yeah. to people. Uh, so once you're done reading the facts, then you have no other option but to put down news and go and do something. And then yeah. you kind of get out of your, what did Jocko Willink say? In get out of your mind and into your body. That's right. That's a really good way to just kind of keep your your mental consumption of news in check. Yeah. I I think obviously we're not alone. I mean, Thrive Global surveyed 5,000 American adults and 80% said that they feel helpless when things are out of control. Now, Michelle, I'm Mm. truly wondering who are the other 20%? Who I know. Feel, I don't understand Who are those, those people. people. Yeah, I it's can't that's actually a much higher number than I thought, but clearly we do feel helpless. And so it is just this especially parents with young kids at home who are just doing everything we can to try to protect, protect our kids right now. Like this is unprecedented. We don't know exactly what's going on. So again, we just want to reiterate that all of these things that you're feeling we're all feeling, which is why these graphics go viral, which is why everybody's like, yes, mm-hmm. that's what I'm feeling. Um, but again, then the, the truth of this kind of graphic is there is the growth zone. There is a hope right. so we can move into this next zone. And so this is that next step in really getting outside of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And again, further understanding of what you can control and what you can't. It's looking at things in a big picture. But I also love that it's a moving towards the feelings of peace and some gratitude because I wasn't feeling even that at all. And Mm -hmm. so, and this can be in spite of the worsening situation. I mean, things are worse than they were three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But you and I've talked before about how we can stand here right now and you kind of ground yourself, right? And you look around and you're like, okay, nobody in my house is sick yet. And Mm -hmm. the sun is shining today and we still have food in the cupboard and you can say these things and then you can just have gratitude without attaching guilt to it and just being thankful for where you're at today. Right. I, yeah, I agree. And I think that probably having a detachment 
this is the detachment zone, right? Like you're able to release yourself from the the control over things you have no control over. And so you are starting to turn your attentions more to, okay, like what can I do? And like what you're saying, like you can look around yourself and, and think, you know, what do I have? What do I have right here that I'm very grateful that I have? It's the stage that helps you start thinking about other people. Yeah. Right. And what we know about love, right, willing the good of the other person, like that's the whole mystery about love, right? And about joy is that like you think that the more you give away, the less you're going to have, but it's right. actually the opposite, right? The more you give, the more you think of others, the more you serve others and love others in this way, the more it comes back on you. And I think in the growth zone, it's um it's an acceptance of that. Yeah. And I loved in the zone, one of the points is to look for new ways to adapt to changes. Because I think that even in this growth zone, you can be looking towards the next opportunity where you're going to have to have a growth mindset and even use this opportunity as the growth for the next growth. There was a a quote I saw um, by a speaker named Yako Boyens. I don't know if you've seen him around online, but he was saying, you play like you practice. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was that's like, true. oh my gosh, that's exactly <laughs> in life, right? It's like yeah. everything you've been doing up until now in life, this will kind of create how we're playing the game right now. Um, and if something's not working, that's not the end of the road. It's it's like, okay, well then let's adapt. Let's change some things around so that the next time something happens, we we've got this part covered. And I find that incredibly encouraging and empowering. Okay, well, you're just spreading hope, which is one of the things in the growth zone is <laughs> spreading well, hope to others. So good job, Michelle. <laughs> you were totally in the zone a week before I was because you were already, you know, recognizing in ways that you can try to help people. And it was it was an incredible um, shift for me hearing you reach that point. Like It was really helpful mm. for me. So what I'm saying is if you're out there and you are in that place, please share that with other people because people, whether they want to be or not, are still in the fear zone or still in the learning zone. So if you're kind of past that spread that we I always mm. say that um our kindness and our hope is just as contagious sadly as you know the virus and so we can control that I love that you talked about practice too because the last point actually in the growth zone is about practicing quietude patience mm. relationships and creativity these aren't just words they're skills we have to learn how to be patient and enter into quietude and then work on our relationships and creativity and so like you're saying if we want to get better at those things and we need to practice those right now and if we want our kids to be really good at those things and have this opportunity to learn um how to do those things now's the time to to learn it right this is the very definition of like trial by fire <laughs> yeah it is yeah. literally in the fire right now get to trialing. I don't know where I was going with that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So this is what we're talking about is a growth Mm -hmm. mindset. So this is right. So we're working towards this idea of a growth mindset. Now, um, psychology today says that your most powerful weapon against uncertainty is your perspective because nobody and no situation can take that from you unless you give it away. Your perspective can victimize or empower you. Hmm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I never thought of it in a victimized kind of a way. Like you create, like mentally you create that cycle Mm -hmm. for yourself, within yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like the quote we were talking about at the very, very beginning of the intro. 
like the soul becomes dyed with the color yeah. of its thoughts, right? It's like what yeah. your thoughts are. And actually the the tagline that went along with that was um, that iron, it linked it to iron, the metal. Yeah. Um, iron is almost indestructible, but it can rust itself. Mm, right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, mentally, isn't that like a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset right. kind of a, a comparison? So maybe we should just kind of define fixed mindset and growth mindset now. Yeah. Um, so I don't have the fullest. What I did is I took fixed mindset. I'm like, yeah, I pulled out a few of the things that I think that most people might think who are, who might not think that they're in that mindset might actually agree to. Yeah, we're, we're kind mm-hmm. of still struggling with this. So some of those ones were you believe your attributes and abilities are inherently fixed and will not change regardless of how much work you do. Um, and then you hide flaws so as not to be judged. You ignore feedback and you feel threatened by the success of others. Now, with a growth mindset, you believe your talents and abilities can be improved through your actions, and you believe that your mistakes are an essential part of learning. You embrace challenges, you welcome feedback, and you are inspired by others. Mm -hmm. Do you know what? I was really surprised reading these definitions because I, I was surprised to find myself in many of the fixed mindset yeah. things, right? Like, uh, I really feel like, and I also see myself in some of the growth mindsets as well. So I don't know, maybe that just means I'm part of a process I wasn't even aware of, even yeah. within myself, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm trying to transition. And so the whole idea of a growth mindset, though, is a recognition you can move to the growth Absolutely. zone. Uh, and you read a study uh, that you mm-hmm. were telling me about with four-year-olds. And that really blew my mind that you can kind of see in four-year-olds already which mindset that they have. And so you're absolutely right if you want to talk about that, but that we, mm-hmm. it is a process. I mean, if you can see that in a four-year-old and I'm almost a 40-year-old, I mean, it can be quite a long process to move between <laughs> okay. these two things. Yeah. And we're still talking about it, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is something that was evident um, in a study done by uh, Carol Dweck, who she it, by the way, is a Stanford psychologist who is one of the lead researchers on growth mindsets. So she's done a ton of studies on this. And in one of the studies, they were looking at four-year-olds um, with puzzles. And so what they would do is they would give a, um, a group of four-year-olds each a very simple puzzle that they could do um, very easily with little effort. Um And they were already starting to notice that when they presented options for the next puzzle that they do, there were already some children who went for a similar uh, level of puzzle because they were more comfortable knowing that they were going to be able to do it well and do it properly um, versus a totally different group who were actively looking for the level up, like the challenge, even if they weren't entirely sure how they were going to go about it. And so they were even seeing at that age that there is a tendency in people to either be one way or another. Either you um, have a tendency towards a fixed mindset or you are, um, you know, and and I think that probably this has a lot to do with even nurturing too in the early years. We know that the early years are so critical, those ages before five years old. But, you know, based on your environment and your circumstances and your family life and your relationships and maybe even a bit of your nature, your personality, these can kind of feed into a growth or a fixed mindset, even from such an early age. I was wondering about how our temperaments worked into this too, right? And mm. the more 
we've learned about all of these things, thankfully through having to do this podcast, right? We're researching all of these things. The more I learn, the more I actually feel like I'm not stifled by all of it or, you know, drowning under all of these things that we're learning, the more free I'm starting to feel and going, okay, it is this learning continuum, like that we can continue to learn these things. And and with that, there's another meme that I've seen going around where um, somebody said, if they're responding to this other one that said, if you don't come out of this quarantine with a new skill, a new side hustle, more knowledge, you never lacked time, you lacked discipline. And somebody crossed Mm. that out. And they're like, no, you're actually doing just fine. We're going through a collective traumatic experience. And not everyone has the privilege of turning a pandemic into something fun or productive. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's really important too, because I think maybe there might still be some listeners going, I just can't be in a growth mindset right now. I just, I'm just trying to make sure we have enough toilet paper because I'm looking at cutting up some shirts here. And so this (laughs) Not every, it is kind of a luxury to be able to reach that point right now. So we fully recognize too, that if you're listening to this and going, I just can't be there. That's okay too. Cause what I'm saying is that the more you and I are learning, and I think you'll agree with this, the more we are able to step back and go, okay, this is great that there's always a new opportunity always mm-hmm. throughout our life to step back and just move a little further and then maybe take 10 steps back and then move a little further again as we're learning. As long as I think we can just be really self-aware and say, today, I just can't and Mm -hmm. start again the next day. Right. And, you know, that was uh, in another article that I read on growth mindset. It it talks about this idea of being unburdened, Mm -hmm. right? If you have a growth mindset, it kind of leads to a bit of a free will, a Mm -hmm. freer will, right? Like uh, you're not seeing yourself as a failure based on your accomplishments, right? um, right. which is what we're saying with this whole quarantine, right? Like if you have a growth mindset, ironically, it's ironic, um, you'll be okay with not having to accomplish things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's actually incredibly freeing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I'm, you know, being someone who feels kind of like a foot in both camps right now, I'm like, oh, I wish I was both feet in that side. I'll I'll mm-hmm. just keep, you know, being aware of that. It's more of like you just have an overall interest in, in learning more or um, moving forward, progressing versus a hunger for approval. Like you need yeah. to be affirmed and approved, which is something I can relate to, right? Like it's starting to make me wonder just like how much of these things um, I'm implementing in my life or striving for in my life. I'm just looking for someone to validate me based on what I can accomplish or achieve or finish or check off the list. Yeah. And you know, that's actually kind of one of the three things I wrote down about how I when I step back now and I look at how I transitioned from the fear zone, you know, and I'm, I'm only in the middle zone right now. I'm not nearly <laughs> at the last place yet, but the three things that I think that the the biggest changes I've experienced in the last week or so, um, one of them is like what you just said. I realize that I don't quote have to do anything mm. at all right now. I don't have to, I am only, I'm in charge of this house, right? We talk all the time about how we're the home guard nothing gets past mm. this door unless I want it to. And so the, I don't have to take in what everybody else is saying about what they're doing. Uh, the sourdough joke, right? I don't have to try to make sourdough <laughs> bread right now just because everybody else is doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And so 
I, I finally freed myself from that. And so like what you were saying and what the growth mindset really helps us understand is that my growth doesn't have to be measured in new skills, even just this new way of coping with the world and having a better control over my emotions. That's a massive sign of growth and that I can just be happy with that. So that was one of the first things I realized. Um, the next thing I realized is that my mood was bringing others down (laughs) and we Mm. talked about this before. So I don't know why I keep forgetting this. We've actually done a lot of episodes (laughs) on how we um, can impact others with our mood, but Jason's still working. And so I remember talking to you about this, that his life in a lot of ways has remained very constant. He still goes, sits at his desk. His life continues on. He comes home, dinner's ready, mm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So he's in a pretty good mood still. And I mean, again, this can change at any day, but as of right now, he's in a pretty good mood. Well, I'm not in a good mood. I wasn't in a good mood. I'm still struggling <laughs> with my mood. So I was trying to bring him down the minute he got in that front door when all he wanted to do was hang out with me and the kids. I was like, but you didn't read this and this and this and this. And I was trying to share all that stuff with him. I was trying to bring him down onto my level. And mm. instead of looking at how he can actually lift me up to his when he comes home, he can kind of help change my mood for the better. And so that was when I finally realized that and, you know, latching onto him and it's taking from his strength right now is just going to benefit all of us instead of me trying to drag us all down. And the mm-hmm. last thing was that, again, when we talk about big picture, sadly, I think we're in for the long haul right now. Nobody mm-hmm. can give us an exact amount of time, how long this is going to continue on for. But in some ways I find great comfort in that because we can just settle in. We just Mm -hmm. have to, there's nothing else we can do right now. And so I feel like that franticness that was happening at the beginning with you, with me, with everybody is because again, we're so uncertain, but things have settled down a little bit. And again, it's get, things are technically getting worse, but there's this idea that we're not going anywhere right now. So this idea that I can just settle in and just you know, be with my kids and take each day as it comes, I found to be incredibly peaceful and helping me transition out of the fear zone. Yeah, we really can just kind of lean into what is happening to us in the present moment, right? And Mm -hmm. that was um, one last thing that I saw about fixed uh, mindset versus growth mindset. You know, a fixed mindset really is a sentence. It feels like it's a sentence on your life or it's a label, like you can't escape it. Whereas a growth mindset, it, it is informative input. It's motivating. It's a wake-up call, right? Where you're coming to yourself, like we talked about moving from the fear zone to the learning zone. A wake-up call, just like, okay, I, I can be better. It's within my control. I don't know what that looks like right now. I don't know the process that's going to take, but I can. And that is incredibly yeah. liberating and, and freeing. And it's a, a, a step a gateway into a bigger picture uh, way of thinking. That's wisdom, right? And that's a whole other topic. But wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective, as opposed to knowledge is knowing things. So it's like this this wise look at the world, this looking at things from the big picture, from God's perspective. And, you know, as we're settling in, um, for goodness knows how long, like you were Mm. saying, Um, it reminds me of a story that was in that video I talked about earlier about uh, from Dennis Prager. He related a story about King Solomon's ring. And so the story goes that um, he asked his wise men, King Solomon did, to make him a magic ring. And what did this ring do? Well, if he got depressed, it would lift him up. 
If he got euphoric, though, it would bring him back down to earth. It kept him constant. And uh, there were three Hebrew words written on the ring, and they roughly translated to, this too shall pass. You know, and I just thought that was that's such a great message and a reminder for us right now when we really have no idea what is going to come, but whatever it is, good things, bad things, all of this from God's perspective, everything passes into this promise and this hope that God is in control even when we are not and that we can rest and really lean into that. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? Well, we've been using this time to revisit classic movies with the kids and show them the ones that they actually haven't seen. So we just did The Wizard of Oz and I prepped Mm. them first for how terrifying The Wizard of Oz can be. (laughs) I'm like, this is a really old movie. It's a family movie, but it also has some of the scariest things that might traumatize you for the rest of your life. But settle in. Um, So (laughs) they loved it. And I feel like they got a little bored halfway through, but it was just for me, I haven't seen the, the movie in its entirety in many, many years. And it was great. And it kind of set me down, set me down a rabbit hole as you and I do um, of course. down into the author, Frank Albaum, into his world and into the world of Oz and then down into Judy Garland, which with the movie mm. Judy, the biopic starring Renee Zellweger. Um, right. I also watched most of that. I haven't finished it yet. Um, so I've just kind of been on a Wizard of Oz, Judy Garland um, kick in the last week. And just to tie that in, a podcast that I've mentioned before called The History Chick. They did, Mm -hmm. I think, at least two episodes on The Wizard of Oz and the female actors in it, but also on the original books. And so just a lot if you kind of are interested in looking back at that classic. Wow, that is a lot more than I... I thought mm-hmm. it had to do with that. Just a simple, it seems like a simple story. Right. right? Nope. Nope. Never is. And I haven't mm-hmm. even gone into the other stories. Like, uh, like I have never seen Wicked. You know that musical? Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. Um, and so it. there's the whole backstory of the witches and all this. I, I guess I have like, I guess we're in for you the long homework. haul. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Get on that. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been loving this week? Okay. I also have been revisiting classics, but I'll say recent classics. I've mm-hmm. been re-watching both the Lord of the Rings trilogy with mm-hmm. Phil and also The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe with Aww. my kids. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, I know these are old recommendations. I mean, we were just thinking about this the other night and The Lord of the Rings is like 20 years old at this point. No, it's not. Years old. Oh my Yeah, gosh. it was like 2001, I think, that the oh first movement gosh. came out. Anyways, let's not think mm-hmm. too much about that. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> so most of us have probably already read the books or watched the movies mm-hmm. or both. Um, but it was just absolutely the best thing that I could do for myself this week in revisiting Um these because you know first of all it took me out of my head even for a few hours at a time right when we were reading Narnia with the kids I was not thinking about anything that's happening in the world right now same thing when we would settle in to watch a little bit of Lord of the Rings in the evenings I was just completely immersed in Middle Earth and when it ended I felt calmer it was kind of like that feeling you described um, a couple of weeks ago when you first wake up yeah. And you forget a moment that mm-hmm. everything in your life is happening. <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt coming out of these movies and these books. And I was so grateful. 
But the second reason why I was so, um, I, I was really loving these stories is because these particular fantasy novels, um, they're just rooted enough in like true human nature and in the reality of our world and our human situation and condition that it was actually really encouraging uh, in a really relatable way without being news and specific about what was happening. So, I mean, even some of the quotes from the Lord of the Rings, um, they were just perfect. So a, a simple Google search will give you some great quotes from both of those novels, but Um, Both of these stories are perfect escapes and they have really good perspectives. Uh, And so I highly recommend just getting into a good story. And these two are good ones to start with. And you know what? Just like with The Wizard of Oz, they are all of these classics because we need that reminder that good will always triumph, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. These are these classic they're not all fairy tales but that classic good versus evil and that's what we need right now and so i think that the turning towards these timeless classic stories um is just really what we always do as people right since the beginning of mm-hmm. oral tradition and it's something we can pass on to our children they truly are timeless and michelle there's no place like home okay that's going to do it for us this week If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at MM Sachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Homemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Thank you.